You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money, brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And today I'm speaking to Sonia Duplessis from Brenthurst Wealth in Stellenbosch. And Sonia sent me a piece that says the following... When looking at retirement products, one needs to differentiate between pre-retirement and post-retirement products, as their treatment and options are different in the event of the owner's death. It's also important to know what taxes are involved when money gets transferred to the beneficiary. Sonia, thank you for sending me this, but I must say I've read it three times now, and I'm no more well-informed from the first time I read it to the third time I read it. But that's not because of your article. It's because it just seems so complicated to me. Just give us the background, first of all, about death, because that's what we're talking about here, someone dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hello, Lindsay, and hello to your listeners. Thank you. Yeah, like you said, um, you know, today we are talking about the options beneficiaries have at death on retirement products. Um, You know, so we can unpack it a bit. Um, But firstly, we have to differentiate between two types of products, pre-retirement products and post-retirement products. And we'll break it down a bit. Just before you go on, I just want to say one thing, that although there has to be certain administrative niceties that you have to observe – I always find it a little bit awkward or a little bit galling that somebody who has just suffered a bereavement has to go through all this Mm. uh, admin afterwards. So hopefully a financial advisor like yourself will make it easier for them. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay, it is, you know, it's never, never an easy conversation to have with, with a beneficiary. But, um, you know, if, if everything is set up correctly um, and, um, you know, if the, the deceased nominated beneficiaries, you know, the, his or her intention was for the money to go to someone. And then, you know, we try and make the, the process as easy as possible um, and we try and, 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 you know, make it as seamless as, as possible. And, you know, we never, you know, it, it's not a nice time um, for, for, for any beneficiary to go through if, if they just lost someone. But we really, you know, we hold their hand and, and try and make it as easy as possible in terms of the money as, aspect that, that we are managing. Very good. Let's have a look at pre-retirement, first of all. So tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. So pre-retirement products, this is now if the, the deceased, the, the person who passed away, had RAs, that's your retirement, annuities, preservation plans, pension or provident plans. So these are your typical, your, your products pre-retirement. He, he, you know, he hasn't received any income from it yet. The value of the investment is obviously, or not obviously, it is excluded from the estate, which is quite a big benefit to have. So if you have a million rand in your RA, it's excluded from the estate for estate duty. Sorry to interrupt again. I'm going to keep on doing this because I need to get this clear in my head. So it's excluded from the estate of the deceased because um, estate duties can be, and and taxes, et cetera, can be quite onerous. They can be quite prohibitive. Yes, yeah. So not not everyone know that, you know, that they don't always realize that that money that you have in a, you know, RA or a preservation fund or a pension plan, um, it's, you know, it's not going to form part of estate duty. So, um, you know, as opposed to having a million rand in a bank, that's included in the estate duty calc. 
calculation where you possibly have to pay 20 or 25 percent taxes on. So yeah. money in this RA is excluded from the estate duty calculation. Okay. Um, I think so, the best way to do it, Sonia, for yes. a simpleton like me, is to give me an example. I mean, we're talking about pre-retirement uh, products at the moment. And let's yes. say that the person that has nominated me as a beneficiary leaves me one million rand. What happens then? Yeah. Okay. So you say, for example, you're the beneficiary now, then you, the, 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 you as the beneficiary basically have three options. So you nominated as a beneficiary on the RA, then you, Lindsay, can go and say, I want the, the million rand paid out in, in, in cash, and that, that is subject to, to tax, um, and it's taxed in the hands of the deceased. So it's not taxed according to your marginal tax rates or anything to do with your taxes. It's taxed in the hands of the deceased. And typically, yeah, the first 500,000 would be tax-free. I don't want to get into too many details because it, it might get confusing. But typically, yes. yeah, the first 500,000 would be tax-free yeah. unless the deceased has used some of his, um, you know, has withdrawn money from 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 retirement products before. But typically, yeah, first 500,000 would be tax-free. And then it goes according to, to different tax brackets. The next 200 will be at 18%, the next 200,000 at 27%. That would be your first option to take it all out in cash, not the best always in terms of tax. Your second option would be um, to transfer it on a tax neutral or a tax free basis to another RA or retirement annuity in your name. So, Lindsay, in your name. Yes. Um, and then, um, or you can commute it, change it over to a living annuity. So you can say, I want this million rand RA, let's change it over to a living annuity where, where you can pull a monthly income from. Okay. Or you can do a combination of all three of the options or, or the okay. above. So you can maybe take a portion tax-free and then the balance commute that to an income stream. And I suppose it depends on your circumstances and your age, yeah. etc. But it seems to me that the living annuity commute is probably the best one if you're not yes. de desperate for some cash at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, it all depends on your personal circumstances. So if if you're a family member living in Australia, then you might, you, then you would be prepared to pay the income tax, tax and take the money abroad. But if you are in South Africa and you're not planning to move abroad, then the the, the living annuity would be a better option. So we we would have to look at it, you know, um, from each individual to each individual. The other thing that I want to, to mention also that's very important on pre-retirement products, they have a clause in the Pension Funds Act, um, Section 37C. And in a nutshell, basically what that means is, Lindsay, if, if you have an RA and you nominate your brother as beneficiary, the trustees of the fund, so the trustees of the RA, can go against your ruling upon your death. So, for example, if you had minor children still dependent on you, but you nominated your brother as the beneficiary, the trustees of the fund can turn around and say, you know what, we're going to rather pay this money across to, to children or to a, a person that was dependent on you. So that's, But that's only applicable to pre-retirement products, your, your RAs, your 
pension plans and your preservation plans. Okay, uh, let's go from pre to post now, if we can, Sonia. Yes. It says here, the treatment of a life annuity on death depends on the structure of the product. There are a few iterations, but generally, and then the sentence stops. So maybe tell us about post-retirement, because yeah. obviously very different to pre. Yes, it's not that much different, but there are slight differences. So uh, it, it depends on the, the, the structure of the product. If you, if you had money in a traditional annuity or a life annuity, that's, for example, if you took your million, this is now in a product where, where the deceased received an income from. So he already retired from his RA. If it's a traditional annuity where, for example, he took the million rand to Momentum and Momentum said, for this million rand, we guarantee you 10,000 rand until death. Then obviously when he passes away, there's nothing that goes to a beneficiary or to his estate. Then you get your another option where you can nominate a joint um, life uh, annuity so or a joint life owner. So where typically a portion of the income will go to a spouse or to a second life assured. But there's usually no capital amount that will pay out. But that's so that's in your traditional older generation life annuities. Again, yeah, all capital and incomes are excluded from the estate for estate duty calculations. And then, then you get your living annuity. That's more your newer generation product. That's typically where the deceased used to get an income of between 25 and 17%. They deceased would nominate beneficiaries. So for example, Lindsay, if you were nominated again as a beneficiary on a living annuity, you would have the same options of drawing out the living annuity in cash, so a lump sum, or either transferring a tax neutral basis to another living annuity um, or a combination of you know of the two above. Again, yeah, on a living annuity you can obviously nominate beneficiaries, more than one beneficiary and a trust. So you can, family trust can be nominated. Section 37C is not applicable on living annuities so that if the, the trustees of the fund can't go against your beneficiary nomination. And I think that, that sort of covers it. Um, the other thing, Lindsay, oh, before I forget, yes. you can on a living annuity, which is very important, you can nominate alternative beneficiaries. So in practice, what that means is if, Lindsay, if you nominate your, your wife as beneficiary, um, but your wife passes away together with you, um, you know, then your money would go to the estate. But if you nominated children as an alternative beneficiaries, and it's small technical things yes. that can save the estate quite a bit in fees and taxes at the end of the day. So okay. if you nominated alternative beneficiaries, then the alternative beneficiaries will kick in. But if there's no alternative beneficiaries and you and your wife pass away together, it will go to the estate and executive fees can be levied again on those, you know, on, on that, that big amount. And I mean, sometimes you get living annuities that are 10, 12, 15 million. So, you know, it's very important to, to remember these small details. Yes, it is. You say um, here beneficiaries may choose to receive the benefit as an annuity, a lump sum, 
in brackets subject to tax yeah. or a combination of the yes. two. Okay, so there's a combination yeah. uh, aspect yeah. here. If there are multiple beneficiaries, each beneficiary will have the option to select either a lump sum or an annuity. I mean, you can't tell me that exactly what is the best way to go because obviously pe people's circumstances mm -hmm. are very, very different, Sonia. But what is your advice yeah, in, yeah. The, in these cases? What, what would you say to somebody? I mean, apart obviously from sitting down with your financial advisor and having a good heart to heart, what, what, what would you say is the best way? Is it the combination factor? Yeah, it's usually a combination factor. What we see in practice is if there's a husband and wife or a married couple, you know, the spouse would usually continue with the benefit. But as soon as the children start to inherit money or if 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 there's an aunt or an uncle or someone not that close, they tend to draw out the money and then they don't mind paying the taxes. So, um, you know, it is important to keep tax income tax in mind. Um, it's important to, to think a bit ahead. So if you're a child... And if you know that you're not going to stay in South Africa for the next 20 years, then it, it might be better to to draw out the, the inheritance in tax, um, you know, pay the taxes and get it over and done with. You know, very important also, if you are a beneficiary on a life annuity, go see a financial planner, you know, check what options you have. Don't just go with whatever the investment company you know, they will just send you the options, but, but go and talk to someone and and find out what are the income tax implications of the, the different decisions you can make. Indeed. Okay, your final sentence says the following. By nominating beneficiaries on your pre- or post-retirement monies, that's the smart thing to do. It will also give you yeah. peace of mind that the beneficiaries can get access to the funds quite quickly as opposed to receiving a distribution from your estate, which is usually quite a lengthy process. Okay, but I think the point here is that having listened to you and having read the article, mm -hmm. as I said three times, is it can be quite complicated to someone that doesn't have the same sort of razor-sharp mind as, as yours, uh, <laughs> Sonia. Uh, so consult your financial advisor or planner when it comes to this uh, rather gloomy prospect of, of someone dying. Sonia Duplessis yeah. is from Brenthurst Wealth in Stellenbosch, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.